Can I get an amen? 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 Their job now is to sanctify the social order, to sanctify the world. That's where the power of the laity lies. Hey y'all, welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. You can know it all you want, but until you got to pick up that cross that you can't carry, and he picks it up for you and carries you and the cross, then you know. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. Our nation is too full of those that are crying down, down with the churches, down with government. Can you build anything down? You cannot. Let's begin now to use the word up, up from all of this filth, up from this violence, up from this indifference of courts, up, up, up to God. And that something sparks inside of you, um, makes you, you know, shout out. Ooh. Amen. Amen. Be courageous. And keep the joy of loving. <laughs> should have been recording this the whole What's time. What's your love language, dude? Wait, are we recording? Um, yeah, we're recording. Oh, wow. I think, <laughs> I think my main love language is acts of service. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Me yeah, too. A very selfless one. Mine's words of affirmation. Give mm. it to me. You look great today. Thank you yeah. so much. So happy I that you're loved. here. <laughs> what about you, Padre? What? Love language? Oh, man. I think that doesn't matter, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're still human. No, I'm just picking. I'm just picking. Yeah, I am still human. It matters to me. Um, I I think in terms of, let me see. You never have take have you taken the quiz? I don't know. I feel like we did. Maybe time. that wasn't a part of your formation, huh? Even for like, you know, friendships. How do people love you? Like, yeah, I'm trying. Oh, quality time. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, um, so we've just been recording all the good Gab stuff, but we're here um, with the Cajun Kingdom of Priest podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Our little hashtag Catholic Cajun collab is in the house. Yeah. We've been I love that. To do this for we, a while. we have. We've been talking about this for a while. Yes. We just knew that, you know, this mix up would just be, be pretty stellar. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a beautiful Saturday morning. Um, the guys have graciously come to the Holy Spirit studio, and um, I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> yeah. Christy's like, what are we going to talk about? Who's going to facilitate? I'm like, I don't know, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but like, but I'm like, I don't know. I think Padre's probably going to take the lead, so no pressure. Oh, come on. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Was anybody else worried about just... this many people trying to talk at the same time? I, I've considered it, but I think it'll be all right because I think the Holy Spirit's got it. I think we should just blitz Father John Joseph questions all the time. Come on. <laughs> just try to, try to really mix it up. Just stump him. Bring see it see if we can stump him. our go-to. Catholic <laughs> yeah. Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. No, I can, I, I can handle oh, it. I know, Come I know. on, bring it on. <laughs> have, y'all, have y'all read by one a year? Have y'all gone through by one a year at all? Not or the whole thing. Not the whole thing. Yeah. I think I listened to the first five days. Okay, gotcha. Wow, that's uh, (laughs) really disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) But you did take an Old Testament class, so I feel like you got, you know, you got some good information on the Old Testament, right, dude? He took my Old Testament class. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. What's that like? It was phenomenal. Um, It really was. It really was. (laughs) It really was. Father Father John Joseph was 
doing a great job. Every Aquinas Institute class that I've taken has been has been really thorough and really good. Um, kind of a shout out to Aquinas Institute. If people haven't heard about that, definitely look into the classes. Great, great way of just learning more about your faith, deepening your faith. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's and that's finding where, your fiance. And finding your fiance. That's right. That that's where um Abby okay, and I sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> but, can anybody get in with that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah, it's uh you can get it for you can audit, you can you can uh just kinda you can get college credit for it if you want. So mm-hmm. it's pretty good stuff. But it, I I don't know if y'all knew this, but he's do y'all know who's Mary sister? Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I figured y'all did. Yeah, I but... listened to the podcast. Oh, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the Cajun word for the day. <laughs> no, no, it's a little too easy. <laughs> I actually have a Cajun word of the day. You do? Uh, Laura came in in the clutch. Laura nice. Huval. Shout out, Laura yep. Huval. She's our her. sponsor for this episode. Yeah. No oh, way. Really? Yes. Wow, wow. wow. like the Alberard, uh or just her? Just her. Just her in general. Oh, her Litton man. series podcast, I think, is the one that we're plugging this time in yeah. her concert series. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And she's got a Linton retreat. She's so, she's so cool. And like just the greatest album that's on repeat all the time. Oh my gosh. She's so this isn't, this isn't even, this is an accidental commercial. <laughs> we, we love you, woman. Thank you so much for loving us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Laura. Yeah, she's great. Wow. Yeah. All right, We've well, been what working she, on what she give you? Okay. Uh, all right. Well, it's time for our Cajun word of the day. Y'all didn't bring your washboard? We didn't bring the fiddle with us. Should have brought brass. Okay. She said, Malin. I think Malin. Or Malin. It's not Mela. No, it's not Mela. That's a little too easy. So it's like M-A-L-I-N? Yeah. Malin. Yeah. Sorry, Laura, if I'm saying it wrong. And all you other So this is Cajuns. where we're supposed to guess? Yeah. Jeopardy? Kayla. That sounds like was a this on Jeopardy last, last night. Mm-hmm. Although they did have some Bible. Oh, look. Holy stuff. A crook is Malin. 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 There you go. Okay. <laughs> she just <laughs> sent me that. It's Malin. Malin. We don't get any hints. My guess is going to be evil. Mm. Okay. Just so that's, that's, yeah. Do I have to, does that have to be my final answer? No. Okay. Do do do. I feel like we got some context there. I'd say. Yeah. I'd say. Oh no. Oh no. Mm. Yeah, that's a good guess too. I like Jude's guesses. They're always wild. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was wait. wait what was it? Uh, what was it? Oh, uh, bon it was, yeah. <laughs> C'est le bon Dieu de la mam. Y'all ever heard that one? Say it again slower. C'est le bon Dieu de la mam. So, so, uh, a good woman. <laughs> well, that's what he said. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think people, I think people are taking that away from that episode. That yeah. it's a good woman. No, it means, it means if the good God says the same. Oh. oh. But I said it means so. It's like if God wills it. It's like the Cajun way of saying Dave's probably David or um, Yahweh Yira. That's how you say it in Hebrew. Ooh, fancy. (laughs) Okay. All right. What's your guess? Malin. What you got? Okay. What did she say on the message? The crook is Malin. Oh, the crook is Malin. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't expecting her to say that. Oh, she said that part. Oh, I actually didn't hear that. I didn't hear it either. Well, that wouldn't make sense if she said the crook. What about busting? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Busted. That would be cool. Right? Busted. I'm going to guess sideways. 
<laughs> Crick sideways. <laughs> every every Cajun like, word is just like catches me off guard. Like like, look at those teeth. May look at those teeth. I was like, <laughs> God they don't is wait yeah right. Oh, oh my God, 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 God they don't. Yeah, yeah, that's what it means. It means look at those teeth. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what? I was shocked. Yeah. What's the no, it doesn't. Oh. So that's Lizardico. what we're saying when we're like, oh crap. We're like really saying, oh, look at your teeth. Look at them teeth. Look at them teeth. Lizarico, Lizarico, That means the green beans aren't salty. And that means in like, in another way, <laughs> it means like, oh, it's not too good today. So it's like, it's like, oh, how are you doing today? Lizarico, Nepasale. Uh, it's not too good today. And the green beans aren't too salty. Yeah, so everything is like salted green beans. It's like a phrase within a phrase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, or we try that, but okay. this time it's just malin. Okay, so that's malin. What, I'm gonna say, is it the same thing to say captured? Would you yeah. say? I'm gonna say captured. Yeah, because Cajuns think captured a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Captured. Yeah. Got him. Got him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, got him. I guess. I guess answers are locked in. All right. The wait. Did you get yours? What was yours? Ah, sideways. Oh yeah, sideways. Captured. Busted. And oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. You were the closest with your first guess, Evil. Kayla. Yeah. yeah. Malin means no good. No good. Oh. Uh, he's no good. Oh, that's Malin. Malin. Poo. Right. Malin. Right. Okay. Okay. There you go. So that that is our Cajun word of the day. Yeah, coming in clutch. Thank you, Laura. Sponsored yes. by Laura Huval. Music. <laughs> Cajun word of the day. Making joyful I'll, noises. Do y'all have more padding in here than last time? Whenever I came like a year ago, I might have come a year ago from this time period. It was. Did y'all, did y'all it popped up on my time hop. Oh really? Yeah, cool. it was just about a year ago. Wow. And no, the only thing that's changed is we had this map on that wall. Oh yeah. And oh, that's a cool thing. No, it's I'm like pretty pictures sure. of all of them. Yeah, yeah. those are our first. Why is Father Oh, is that Katie Reese? Yeah, Katie Reese. Father yeah. Dubrock's oh, on like Katie. so many of them. Because he's been here a bunch of times. <laughs> sorry. Oh, like that. oh, sorry. That's okay. I was just trying to adjust. You can it. back it up if you want. I can hear you. Good. Okay, good. Real good. All right. Sorry. Nice. Not Malin. Not Malin. Yeah, Father Dubrock's just been on a lot, and he's just. You know, super supportive. So yeah, yeah. There's so we have lots of pictures, but yeah, we'll get awesome. a picture with you guys. Y'all be on the wall soon too. Heck let's yeah. go! Yeah. Oh. Let's do this thing. Okay, so what made pictures. y'all want to reach out and get together? Um, well, this young woman right here, our producer Ray Ray's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she was one, but there were lots of people that were actually suggesting this to us. They were like, they were like, y'all gotta get y'all gotta go with. Can I get an amen? And uh, so we were like, yeah. So we, we we did our research. We started listening and and checking it out, and we we're like, oh, this is awesome. Okay. We got to do a what would you call it? A Catholic Cajun Catholic collab. Cajun collab. Yeah, we had to do it. We had to so do it. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So it, it um, yeah we and then we thought it would be a cool dynamic, especially because y'all's kind of feminine, oh, you know, super, perspective, yeah. and then we we kind of. Our masculine perspective, yeah. you know, what? Um, I know, Reedy, when you were here last time, sorry, Reedy, I hope you everybody called Reedy? you that. Okay, no, um, it's cool, I like it. Words of affirmation, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at names, yeah. 
<laughs> when you were here last time, y'all were just y'all had, y'all had started recording already. It was just me and him talking about it at okay. that point. And so I really didn't have many answers for it at all. In fact, the podcast helped me realize that I really had no answers at all. But as we were at, you know, it was kind of like the beginning of the idea. And we were both, we, we were both serious about it, but we just didn't have complete clarity over how we were going to go about it. Mm. And then uh, as we were getting it started, um, he was like, you should reach out to Jude LeCompte. I don't know if you know him, but uh, so I ended up reaching out. We went to go get coffee and he was all in. Because he always says yes to everything. Well, I do. And then he ended up loving it, so it works out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, we started, so then we started, then the we started recording it. <laughs> and now we're uh, inseparable. Now we're inseparable. <laughs> Literally, they're connected at the shoulder right now. I know. It's Can because we sewed right? ourselves together. So we go everywhere together. <laughs> so <laughs> <many strings. laughs> yeah. I love that. So how many episodes have you guys done? We're Obviously only like, like four yeah, really good ones. <laughs> we're probably like close to 20. So yeah, we're like, we're like baby 17. podcasters. Just like I'm a baby yeah. priest, you know? You gotta start like, somewhere. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just, just what's, getting started. What so far, what's the, like, what's something you feel like you've gotten? Like, have you had a really good aha moment in one of the episodes? I, uh, I mean... Yeah, the whole premise of it is that, you know, as it's kind of like defining the the role of lay people and how we we have a priesthood to to, to fulfill. Mm-hmm. That's why we're the kingdom of priests. Um and that I mean that by itself was a point that was never drilled in or or a thing that I even considered. So listening, you know, just considering myself as a priest, like what am I offering as a sacrifice today? Like what am I what am I uh putting on the altar today? Um and and that changed my day to day, how I go about my day to day. You know, it changed the way I I pray throughout my day. Just having that premise, and then every, you know, <laughs> it's also funny because everybody that we interview have been doing this for so long. You know, it's like everybody. We talk, it's like I'm just hearing about this, but they talk about you know how they go about it. And a lot of times, before we even ask, like, how do you fulfill your priesthood? they're already answering it as we go through and they're like well you know y'all are kingdom of priests and they'll start referencing the bible where that came from and then explain like our lay role and stuff it's like how does everybody know this except for me until i started the show (laughs) so um i feel the same way everybody that comes in here is like super duper holy way holier than me and i'm like and like you when you came you're in your 20s probably 10 years younger than me how did y'all get so lucky to start doing this so young is what i feel i'm like Thank God God sent the canoe or the kayak because I missed the boat like 14,000 times. Years, right? And then he's like, I'm going to send you a CD and I'm going to send you a canoe. And like, I finally got into the pirogue. I'm like, okay, 20 years later. The I wish I could go back in time and, and have done this so much longer ago, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I could have so many more years of the joy and the peace that I feel yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things like for me that was a that was a big deal about this too is like, this podcast has been for me an ability to sort of research lay holiness because it's there, it's hidden, but it's there and it's present in the midst of the world. And I feel like it's, it's a major part of my responsibility as a priest Mm -hmm. to uncover that Mm -hmm. and to like, like do that detective sleuthing work of, of discovering lay holiness, sneaky, sneaky Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's gonna be our new T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because the whole thing I was thinking as you're describing it is um, for the for me the podcast has been like 
you know, walking on the beach and there's like seashells that just come through the tide that everybody sees, but there's a whole beach full of shells that haven't even been discovered yet. And it's like every time a new guest comes on, it's like a new Mm -hmm. seashell to explore a new facet of our faith that I didn't know existed. And I can't get enough of it. It's like that whole, you know, the treasure that's buried in the field. You want to go off and sell everything you have to buy the field. Exactly. Like we have literally been overwhelmed with the gratitude that this is like our treasure field. And every new person that comes is like a different piece of treasure. That was so beautiful. I rested a long time yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She said I took three naps yesterday. My brain won't work at all today. I don't know what to do. Okay, drink some holy water. (laughs) She did. Good. (laughs) No, that was really beautiful. I've never thought about it like that. It just came to me. The gratitude is Mm, enormous. Mm. Just, it's the grace is crazy Mm. with this project. Yeah, the amount of people you get to know through this, and and the amount of people who are just like so excited to talk about their passion. You Mm. know, I mean, I know y'all have experienced because y'all have had. I mean, how many how many episodes have y'all had? Like y'all are one hundred and fourteen. Yeah, so I mean, that's a lot of times that people got to just like rant about their passions and y'all just fed it and, and you know the same thing we see on our podcast is like we have these guests on and they're excited like they they really want to be there and just like talk about you know what they're, they're like you know telling their families like hey i got this on saturday you know like there's nothing that's getting in the way so that they can just you know express their love for jesus and you know be able to just rant about it because they pray all week mm-hmm. you know they're spending all this time in prayer they have so many things that they would mm-hmm. love to just share um, and yeah. so it's it's beautiful to just like unleash that. Yeah, um, love that. Yeah. Can we take a minute to go back and you, since we were talking about the Old Testament, explain like the priesthood and how it started in the Old Testament to what it became in the New Testament? Because wow. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Cool. Okay, all right. Great question. Go. He's going to nerd out. <laughs> yeah, that's when I start geeking out. You start asking <laughs> about the Old Testament. <laughs> all right, so let me take a sip of my coffee. No, um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, different biblical authors talk about, uh, biblical uh, commentators will talk about, for instance, at the very beginning with just Adam, that, uh, okay, y'all, I'm going to explain this. I don't know if I told y'all this when when I came to the uh, Little Women's thing. The Joy and Light, yeah. Yeah, Joy and Light. Uh Um, But, you know, often like to say that, you know, when God created the universe, uh, I actually got this from a, it was a atheist video just talking about the Big Bang. And it was explaining like the unfolding of the universe. And, and then it says, and then, and then the universe could not understand itself, could not look back at itself until man came on the scene and could look back at the universe. And I always say we have a, a word down here that perfectly captures, you know, what man's vocation is is when he looks back at the universe when he looks at the stars when he sees beauty he says kyaw you know <laughs> um, and and that is just kind of like the the it captures you know what we are supposed to do we're just supposed to be grateful for this this beautiful gift and give it back to God in a transformed human way. So the world is not humanized. It's kind of it's our responsibility to do that. You know, we're supposed to take the world and and re like organize it and and direct it so that it can give glory to God. And then of course, um, and then you know I, I like to say that that this was, you know, this was the same thing was was true when. 
Adam that Adam was this meant to be this priest where he takes creation and offers it back to God. And he did not want to do this alone. And God knew that it wasn't good for him to be alone. And so he gave him Eve. And of course, when he saw Eve, all he could say was, Kial. You know, he could say, um, you know, bone of my. Because that's, that is, you know, uh, he was, this is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, where now he could look back and at another creature and she could look back at him. You know, the lions and tigers and bears, yeah, oh my, oh could my. not look back at in Adam's eyes and see a person, mm-hmm. you know. So, so that that becomes the essence of what the priesthood was meant to be is that we are we stand right at the precipice or at the cusp or in the right at the hinge between the spiritual and the bodily world mm. as human beings. And so we're we're meant to be that bridge, that connection. And so that was true for Adam and Eve. Um, and then and then of course they failed at that. And that was the they they decided to take for themselves rather than use creation to worship God. And so that has also plagued humanity, was that that disappointment. And so so we are we 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 feel this tension now between the fact that we know we have this great and profound vocation to offer creation back to God. And yet that we we time and time again choose ourselves over that vocation because of our concupiscence because of that original sin that mm. orders us inward rather than outward towards God towards self-gift and so then then in throughout the Old Testament one of the ways that God gave us a remedy for that was a, a, a priesthood was this that certain people were chosen apart from the rest of the people in order to offer these sacrifices taking the first fruits so you you the first fruits the idea is your best stuff you know like you just you just planted you just harvested this great crop and the first thing you do is you give it to god and so that we see this without not just only with um you know plants but also animals and and this becomes the sacrifice of the priesthood taking these certain people apart in order to do that but in exodus God says Israel was meant to be that kingdom of priests. That all of them, this people, was set apart from all the other human beings to, to communicate with God in a particular way. And he revealed himself to Israel in a unique way. That's the, that is the whole Old Testament. So oh, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> so, so then, but the problem with that was of course the priesthood even the priesthood became disordered and they started to use their own priesthood for themselves taking the choice portions for the priests you know became a became a problem and and so um and and another problem was no matter how many times you offer a bull or a goat you know you're never going to satisfy the tragedy of sin you're never going to solve that major problem but so is there any animal whose offering can be can be sufficient mm. well only a rational animal only one of us 
And not only that, but he has to be able to satisfy all of sin. And therefore, he has to be completely innocent because he can't be tainted by sin himself. He has to be completely unblemished and he has to sacrifice his life like the sacrificial lamb. And that, of course, is Jesus. So that's what Jesus becomes the priest and the victim who offers himself. And then he invites his followers, his kingdom, to do the same. And so that is the new priesthood. So that's why in the, in the new priesthood, the priest offers Christ's body. But he does it saying, this is my body. Hmm. Because he's supposed to be the victim as well. And he's taking in and gathering everyone's sacrificial offerings. Hmm. So this person just lost a loved one. This person just lost a job. This person um, is overjoyed because they're about to get married. Or, or all of that becomes an offering in their priesthood. So that's... Does that answer your question? Yeah. Like two more questions. (laughs) So why do you think that God set it up that way for the Israelites? If he knew what was going to happen, right, and he knew that the animal sacrifice would never be enough, was that almost like a lesson for humanity to come, that those efforts won't be enough? Well, so this is what we call uh, the divine pedagogy. Do we have that as a, a kingdom? Th- pedagogy sounds familiar. familiar. Okay. This is the way, I mean, one of the things I that... said that so he didn't quiz us. <laughs> <laughs> anytime so what does it mean? Anytime, <laughs> anytime he says anything theological, I'm like, please don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Especially because he took my class. Yeah, so. like, I really should know that. Like, I, didn't, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> he was paying attention to Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Me, my wife. Okay. Okay. Yes, charge. Okay, what does pedagogy mean? Okay, pedagogy is it comes from a Greek word meaning pedagogue, who is a who is a servant that would accompany a, a young little Greek boy to and from school and quiz him on his lessons. So basically, he was like yeah, me? basically okay. with these. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah, we so, didn't get that yet. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so uh, pedagogy it basically is a, a way of teaching. It's kind of accompanying and teaching. And so God has his way of accompanying and teaching us. And so he doesn't do it all at once. In fact, he that's part of the mystery of his providence is that he chooses to teach us throughout historical events. And so he, he did not, uh, like for instance, in the beginning... Adam and Eve were allowed to eat of any of the plants except for the, you know, the one, the free, the true fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But notice they weren't actually supposed to eat animals in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, later, after murder and violence entered into man's heart, God gave uh, allowed us as a concession so that we wouldn't murder each other, or us to be able to kill animals. So you see, and then, but then He wants to reorder that towards him so saying okay yes if you're going to kill animals but then but then they started doing absurd things like child sacrifice Mm. and and that's a big problem in the old testament because that was a problem with the pagan religions that they were offering child sacrifices so how can you know god is is sort of how can i come on i tried i tried to give you (laughs) now you're just taking it all over and he one of my favorite he he 
passages of scripture, he says, he was talking about child sacrifice. He says, they started doing things that I never asked for, nor even thought about. You know, he was like, "That's disgust." Like, why are you doing that? And and so, and nevertheless, you know, that's this was just our our disordered human nature after original sin. So, but you see how he's guiding us, and then he gives us the greatest gift of himself, of his own son. Mm-hmm. You know, so he had to prepare us for that. Mm-hmm. We, if we would have just, if Adam and Eve would have just received Jesus immediately. It would, you know, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have worked. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't have captured the whole story. There would have been a bit. There wouldn't have been there. Would, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there would have been no impact. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you. you gotta, you know, when you're telling a story, you gotta, you gotta drop that, you know, that climatic moment, yeah. just at the right time, uh-huh. in order to capture hearts. And that's what he did. He was the king of hearts, and so. That's what he was doing. So it's almost like his merciful response to our disorderedness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. He's reordering it, you know, over time. Uh, reordering yeah, it. Back. He must roll his eyes at us a lot. Huh? Yeah. Like, poor things. <laughs> Not what I had in mind at all. <laughs> yeah. When I said sin. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like I just was like, y'all obey one little rule. Um, and then we all just went crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll start, you know. Yeah. Next thing you I'll know, you get mind. MTV. Yeah. You know? okay. <laughs> MTV. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> hey, were you even around when MTV was like really MTV? Oh, MTV yeah. now is pretty bad. But back in the day, it was the jams, this music. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. And like, good. in the 90s. Music videos. Yeah, but they got weird fast, huh? Yeah, oh, super fast. <laughs> yeah, music videos got pretty, pretty inappropriate pretty quickly. Yeah. As soon as they got really good. Yeah. Madonna, Madonna made sure of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little train wrecks in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, okay, what was your other okay, question? Okay, so my other question is, this is something that, you know, we have a lot of um, Protestant brothers and sisters who listen to, and so I often think okay. of conversations with my friends who are not Catholic, mm-hmm. and their response is always, you know, the veil was torn, Jesus was the ultimate priest, there shouldn't be more priests after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you kind of answered it a little bit when you were talking about what the purpose of a priest is now. Right. But what, how do we at least get them to understand and appreciate why we, not go backwards, but why we adopt that priesthood and continue it as opposed right. to Jesus is the end all be all and like mm-hmm. now we're good. Right. Well, I mean, the main reason is because Jesus did it himself. Yeah. He told us to and that that's why he selected 12 men you know, apart, he didn't have to do that, but he he did that clearly showing that he was constructing, he was building the new Israel. That's what the 12 was symbolic of. Oh, and the so 12 tribes? The 12 of tribes Israel. of Israel. Pew! Okay. <laughs> wow. So, never thought about that. Right, either. Man, I love this. Stuff. There's a seashell. So, <laughs> so, so that, that, you know, He's showing, I mean, you, you see the different gospel writers are clearly identifying this. You know, John's showing that he's creating the new Israel. And and so, but he's doing this in a structured way. So, I mean, in, even in the book of Revelation, you have different images for the church. Mm-hmm. So you've got this beautiful bride who goes to meet Christ, mm-hmm. the bridegroom, um, which is just, and she's adorned with, with all the the martyrdom of the saints, the virtues of the saints, the purity of the saints. That's her wedding garment, and she's she's beautiful. He's like, this was worth it, you know, when he sees her. So that's one image of the church. But there's many. One, another one is like the 12 pillars. 
like showing a foundation, showing the institutional nature of the church. So that both are are complementary. They're both meant to be a part. So that he also structures the church in a hierarchical way because this is just how we're designed as humans. Yeah. You know, we just, I mean, look at any corporate business or anything like that. I mean, you got to have somebody in charge. you got to have people under them, delegated authority, all those kinds of things. And so, um, so that's the hierarchical institutional nature of the church that Jesus started with himself as the head. You know, I mean, that's very clear. That's not, nobody has a problem with that, you know. Yeah. But then, but then he invites them into his priesthood and he says, do this in remembrance of me, do this in memory of me, that he's inviting them, these, these specific few to participate in his own offering of himself to the father. And this is what we call the ministerial priesthood, not the baptismal priesthood. The baptismal priesthood is, is the most important one. That's the one that all of us in here have and need to be exercising in the sense of utilizing that kind of baptismal mm. priesthood. But my ministerial priesthood, I've given, I've gotten a little, uh, an extra commission in order to be of service to your priesthood, to take your offerings that you're making and unite it to the sacrifice of Christ. Sacramentally, yeah. let's be for real. We couldn't do it without them. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, there's so many wonderful priests running around. Yeah, especially in Acadiana, I say it yeah. all the time. Where it's like We're Catholic Disney World down here. Oh yeah, yeah, for we sure. definitely couldn't do it without y'all. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Very blessed. So, Thank you. Does that answer that your question? Awesome. You have lots yeah. of knowledge. So, do you want to do a theological word of the day? Sure. Oh, okay. Let's All right. Do it. Theological word of the day. <laughs> let's go, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Father. I'm ready for this one. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Hypostasis. Hypostasis. It was read. <laughs> I saw read postasis. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's it is it's a uh, it is a Greek word. Spell that. Good okay. luck. <laughs> oh, bro, you can't quiz us if we can't quiz you back. <laughs> Upsilon Pi <laughs> Omicron. That's that literally is how you spell it. That's hilarious. Say it again. Uh, story. How, do you, how do you spell it? Go again. Upsilon Pi uh, Omicron. Okay, Sigma Tau. Wait, cool. Okay, now I understand it. I know. Okay. I'm gonna Here say. Um, <laughs> okay, or but if you spell it with with like uh, letters, Latin letters, <laughs> yeah. Um, the alphabet. Uh, H U slash Y. You could okay. use either one of those. Uh, P O S T A S I S. Um, that didn't help me at all. I, I want to say. I want to say yeah. something about um, <laughs> community <laughs> and. Um, I want to say something about like the the binding of people, like community um, and friendship, a party. Ooh. Of, so, of party. like a, you know, a good Greek word for party. party. It's a rager. <laughs> it's a rager. <laughs> it's got to be that. That's what the Greeks do. Jude. Me and Jude said pass. Yeah, now I'm awake. I'm here. Christian, um, read. What y'all got? Yeah, okay, read. I Great want Jude to go. <laughs> Hypostasis. Sheesh. Um, <laughs> I 
I am gonna say the. Um, I'm gonna say it's like um, the. You gotta say something. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and we love a little. This happens every time. <laughs> he always starts off with. I'm gonna say, um, and then he doesn't say anything for the next like thirty seconds. Because I'm thinking out loud as in his yeah, external processor. Mm-hmm. The maybe the fusion, mm. the the working together of ministerial priests and baptismal priests uh, together ooh, to okay. achieve what we're trying to achieve. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, I should have gone you first. Together. <laughs> okay, can you say if it's a noun or a verb? Uh, it's a noun. Okay. The process of making apostles. Yeah, okay, I think y'all are all onto something, because that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Like, a community of holy apostles, like, mushing all the, all those holy worlds together. All right. Wow. The benefits of going last. Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> the fact well, that he's okay. hopeful shows right. that we're wrong. Yeah, oh. yeah, they're all wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're so wrong. This is what he does every yeah. time. He's like... That grin on his face, I'm like, yo, we nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That He's was, like, shit, y'all aren't even close, morons. <laughs> okay, what you got, Padre? What is it? it okay, so really it's, a, it's, a, it's actually, so, have you ever heard of the hypostatic union? Hypostatic yes. comes from the uh, word hypostasis. Mm. Hypostatic union. So what's the hypostatic union? Uh-oh. The hypostatic union is... Y'all's the, brains work really hard on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I think it's the union between the Father and the Son. No, not quite. Go ahead, Reagan. Hey, Reagan, 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 Reagan. Right. The natures, the, the nature. The, Can they hear the natures of um, oh, Christ? It's the union divine of the divine nature and, and the human nature. Of ah, Say it again. Right. It's the union of the divine nature of Christ and the human nature of Christ coming together in Jesus. Yeah, Accurate? that's it. That's it. Nailed it. Oh. Good job. Go Nailed ahead, it. Producer Ray Ray in the house. <laughs> so so okay, but but this is the key. This is what a lot of people don't know. Where is it united? If you're going to unite two things. It has to be united somewhere. Mm-hmm. So in the church, that's where they unite stuff. So, but like for Jesus, for for Jesus, where is his human nature and his divine nature united? Like where where's the where's the locus that they intersect? Mm. His sacred heart. The oh, that's what I was gonna say. I, I, that's not right. I think okay. of the title "Mother of God" because in like yeah, the because... the birth itself. Like so, what what is that called? Is what? When whenever God becomes man. No, <laughs> <laughs> incarnation. Yeah, so getting closer, but okay. So I'll just tell you. So hypostasis is the, is the Greek word. It's actually identifying where Jesus's divine and human nature intersect. Okay. So it's in his person, in his person, the second person of the Trinity. So what, uh. what, G, what it means to be a person. So, you know, sometimes, I mean, just think about that. You know, I, I've got a body, I've got a soul, I've got all these, uh, I've got thoughts, I've got a will, I've got all these different things, but I, ultimately who I am is a person, right? Uh, I'm a, uh, that's what makes me different because we're all humans in here. We all have bodies, we all have souls, we all have... But I'm a different person than you. And and that's what makes me, that's the distinguishing factor. That's even the distinguishing factor between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Is their personhood. Is that 
their it's their relations with one another, but that identifies each as an individual substance of rational nature. So hypostasis literally means a substance. So hypo, you know, instead of hyper, yeah. hypo, mm-hmm. and stasis means to like stand. So substance. So under stand under I guess is what it literally means but uh, anyway whatever how did you pick that word <laughs> well, I'm just, I was you, trying to you think. walked around the house a couple times and then he comes the back in, in his pocket okay. alright let's stumble <laughs> <laughs> well so anyway so so uh, yeah that was this is what's called a Cappadocian settlement which is mio usia tres upastases which means one one Subs one thing, one essence, three persons, and it's talking about the three persons of the Trinity. So there's one God, mm. three persons, mm. but in one of those persons, that is the locus of where the incarnation happens, because divine and human nature are so radically different, but they come together in the person of Jesus Christ. So you weren't wrong in saying a Sacred Heart, because that's mm. where the the heart is sort of like the distillation of the yeah. person. Ah, see what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, I'm so that's so smart. <laughs> I know. I'm right, sorry. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm, I have like, to I have listen a, to it like 462 times. Thank God, Ray Ruth. Yeah. Um, so you brought up, you know, uh, a big difference between uh, Protestants and Catholics is um, the books in the Bible that are not in their Bible, right? Oh yeah. Why did that happen? Like, how did that happen? That because I'm I'm actually going through some of the books that were taken that were taken out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they? I mean, what? Why wouldn't those books be considered in the Bible? Yeah. So, so was there like seven? Oh man, you got y'all give me some long winded questions. I hope y'all sure. buckled up. Well, don't be so, like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so okay. There's there was the you know the. Most of the Bible was originally written in in ancient Hebrew, okay, and then at a certain point, um, they they commissioned the, the tradition is that they commissioned seventy scribes to translate it from Hebrew into Greek, and that's called the Septuagint, the seventy. So if you've ever heard the Septuagint, that's the Greek Old Testament, um, and in the Septuagint they had these other books, whereas. It, we, we didn't have any evidence of that in the Hebrew text. So there was these extra books. Um, what's interesting is that in the Gospels, they quote from the Septuagint and not from the, from the Hebrew text. So it's pretty clear that the Gospel writers use the Septuagint. Which is gotcha. And the Septuagint is the Greek, Greek translation of the Hebrew of the Hebrew Old Testament, but with extra books. So, so uh, when Martin Luther in in the fifteen hundreds came, so so there was always there was there was never uh, this was always kind of developed, and you see different canons from different church fathers. Canons meaning the list of books that belong in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, it, from different church fathers generally about the same but sometimes including sometimes not including certain books um it just depended on the church father but then it wasn't until later on we started to get a more and more solidified canon but then martin luther uh in the 1500s came and and said let's go back solely to the hebrew um Mm -hmm. text 
and so he, he, he wanted to exclude those other books of the Bible hmm. uh, that were in the Septuagint. So, however, one of the things that's been pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty great find was just in the last century, uh, these little boys were playing in the mountains in, in uh, the Middle East, and they were throwing something, and they ended up breaking a pot, this ancient pot with which, uh, which had scrolls from uh, in ancient Hebrew of the biblical text and these are called the Qumran scrolls scrolls if you've ever heard that I don't know. Mm-hmm. you don't toss that around <laughs> um, <laughs> we did a whole episode on that you clearly don't listen <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and they started to find in those Qumran scrolls some of the other books of the Bible wow. that were in the Septuagint in Hebrew wow so it kind of vindicated the Crazy. fact that they do belong in the scriptures but but uh, no no I mean there's there's some some things that might challenge your understanding of the Bible. The Book of Wisdom, for instance, was actually written while Jesus was alive. Come on. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's how late it was. You know. Does it say anything controversial in it? Mm-mm. No, but it's just it, the even Protestants, like your Protestant scholars and stuff, will will look at those books of the Bible as important. Yeah. Uh, whereas we consider them inspired in sacred scripture, mm-hmm. um, they would say these are very important texts, but they're not inspired. But um, so. Okay. Interesting gotcha. question. Cool. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to change the subject completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Only because I don't want to forget to ask, not that Christy ever lets me forget, but I would like to know your Rushmore's. If y'all, um, we like to ask the guests their Catholic Rushmore's, like their personal Catholic Rushmore's. So like your four influential heads of your ah, faith okay. and who would be on oh, each of I thought we were going to guess who was on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Okay. You can go with that. You want to do that? No. no okay. I'm right. It's been a long time since I learned. I don't okay. even know. I heard, it, I heard it was a real letdown if you go see Mount Rushmore, though. I heard it's, it's, it's a lot smaller exciting. than... You've been... No, but that's what I've heard too. Yeah, yeah. That's just smaller, but it's still giant because it's on a mountain. But it's just <laughs> the distance. You know? uh, okay, all right. Anyway, Reed's like they're not even important. Uh, okay, yeah. So who would be on your individual Rushmores? Like who? And it could be personal. It could be saints. It could, I mean, it could be the Holy Family. It could be whatever. But just like literally the four most influential mm-hmm. heads of your faith. Yeah. Who would be on yours? Do y'all do y'all want to tell us y'all's or y'all? Tell Mine us changes that? daily. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go first, though. Okay. Oh, oh if, it, if it'll help, I'll is, do one. Mine for today would be Father Kale, Father Floyd Kale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love that dude. Um, St. Catherine of Siena. Lay Saint. Mm-hmm. St. Michael the Archangel. Hmm. And... I wonder what his face would look like on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably just be like a kind of a light with wings coming off of it. Who would be number four? Our sponsor, Laura Huval. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put her on the Rushmore today, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'll take it. That's my Rushmore for today. That's it changes. Nice. It changes, but that's where I, that's where I'd go today. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, okay. Jesus is kind of an obvious one. Do we, is it okay to include him or should Absolutely. we? Absolutely. Okay, well then, Jesus for sure. Okay. Mary, 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how many people have had those two on there? They're very well, influential. They've made a pretty big impact. Uh, Peter, he, um, oh man, I can't do four. Oh, come you have on. to. You have to do four. Mm-hmm. You have to stop at four. You can uh, do an honorable mention or two. Okay, cool. Um, dang it, well, I forgot what the fifth one was. <laughs> wait, clearly <laughs> <wait, laughs> shouldn't Jesus be on your resume. Mary. Jesus, Mary, St. Peter. St. Peter, okay. And then uh, I want to have, I want, oh, and uh, St. Raphael. I mean, yeah, Angel Ooh. Raphael. You can call him St. Right, because he's in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Honorable Mention of St. Therese. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I'm reading. Okay. Uh, I believe in love right now, and it's Is amazing. It good? It's so good. So good. It's like, yeah, it'll okay. just set you on fire in a Ooh. good way. Okay. You you'll be on fire, but you won't actually feel it. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Tell me about fire. Saint Raphael. Saint Raphael, he's um, he he helps with healing. It's kind of a okay. a big so Ooh. because of my career path with massage therapy and mm-hmm. personal training and kind of my focus on healing pain yeah um, I like that I yeah I pray to him pretty often and um, pray to him uh, throughout my massages if I'm as I'm massaging I'm kind of uh, okay. asking him asking him for his intercession for you know these people's you know coming in with you know chronically tight necks and they're just mm-hmm. constantly in pain or whatever it's like I'd, I'd like for them to not be in pain so mm-hmm. uh, Angel Raphael please come help mm-hmm. love that yeah. That's awesome. I got a massage a cup for in December with her, and I was praying for my massage therapist the whole time. <laughs> he was massaging cool. me. Awesome. Um, so hopefully your people do that to you too. By the way, y'all can uh, y'all can catch Reedy at Tri City on right. Johnston Street. He's That's got right. his little space set up. Y'all holler at him. Oh Let yeah. him heal you. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful room. Shout out to my future mother-in-law. She's an interior designer, so she like oh. set up the room to look really nice. I would have just had like an anatomy poster up because I'm like a huge anatomy nerd and I would just love looking at it while I'm massaging it's like oh yeah this is, I'm on the Terry's Minor you know yeah. but um, but yeah she like made it a comfortable and nice setting holy space so yeah it's a, it's a good space awesome. um, it looks good dude, we're excited to come for check you. it out dude come check it out man. by the way St. Raphael's in the book of Tobit and the way he healed people was by burning fish guts that's true. Yeah. yeah. Actually, to get the guile or something yeah. like that. So that's actually one of the scents you can request when you go see Reed. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Burn <laughs> fish guts today? It's an essential oil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just thinking you might want to use that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good stuff. All right, Jude. Um, I would, I would say, um, firstly, Jesus the Good Shepherd. Mm. I would like Jesus and a little shepherd. A little sheep right next to him. I think that would be one adorable. Um, But two, just the good, the good shepherd. um, Just like that, that idea of Jesus has really, really rocked um, my spiritual world a couple times. Um, Saint Margaret Mary Alacoque with the Sacred Heart. Um, Just have a a strong devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Saint Margaret Mary. Uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Forsati. Nice. Um, cool dude. Yeah. He deserves to be on Rushmore. Yeah, he was on somebody's Rushmore last week. I knew weekend. you were going to say for Saudi. Yeah. You, you got to. You know? <laughs> Tell me about him. What, what What's it about him for you, personally? Um, Probably probably just his, his authenticity and friendship that I, I was reading about in his book. Just like 
how much he pushed his friends and was just like authentically himself and just his friends talking about how he was the most like joyful yet the most like humble and simple um person his great love for the poor his willingness to sacrifice his um denial of just like worldly things coming from a really affluent family and just like rejecting that for holiness i mean it's just like it's radical yeah you know like that yeah um so bless pure georgia frasati and then lastly john paul ii Mm-hmm. He's on a lot of Rushmore's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. Now that so. I've learned about him. Because people have had him on the Rushmore. I'm like, yeah. all right, somebody needs to tell me about this dude. Yeah. Two books later, I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Noted, yes, he should definitely be on the Rushmore's. Yeah. So those would be. <laughs> God bless, God bless you. you. Thank you. Those would be my. That's <clears throat> your Rushmore. Rushmore. Huh? <laughs> all right. What you got, Padre? I'm going to have five. I'm going to say St. John, St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. John, of course. John the Apostle? Yeah, the beloved theologian. He comes the divine. Those are all his titles. This dude's like, I don't have a love language. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, Ignatius of Antioch. Ooh, go on. Tell me more. About him? Mm-hmm. He, he has seven letters where... He he, they sh- they're not included in the Bible, but they they're like so close. They should. They're it was actually believed he he lived, um, he his life would have overlapped with Jesus, even though he was probably very young when Jesus was around. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, some people believe that when Jesus took a child and placed it in their midst, it was Ignatius of Antioch. Um, but he was he was a a a priest um and he just the way he led the people through his letters what some of the most beautiful stuff that he says in there one of the things that i like is he says let me be a word of god and and that like he wants to proclaim god Mm -hmm. and he tells and he's talking about going to become a martyr like he's going to get uh, he's the one who talks about like being ground by by lion's teeth, so he could become pure bread. So he become the wheat, and then he become, and then he says like, and then in the fires of martyrdom, I will be, I'll become pure bread for God. Wow. So anyway, just love his imagery. Uh, and stuff. He's gotta go. I love yes. that. Hit me. Which other one? Oh, you have two more. Yeah, two yeah. more. Um, Pick your most important one first, though, because the fifth is an honorable mention. Oh, uh, you don't get special. I'm gonna slowly get up because I want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you all, uh, John. John Peace Paul II for sure. Yeah, he's got to be up there. I thought so. Um, he's inspired me in so many different ways, and Mother Teresa. Oh yeah, Mother Teresa's the jam. Really, we love you. All Thank right. you so much. Let's head out. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Peace, man. Thanks for having Bye. us. This is amazing. Hopefully, this we can do it fun. again. Yeah, definitely. Hugs, yeah, for sure. Hugs, yes. hugs. We won't. We Happy won't let you too super, much. Have a super awesome podcast for the rest of the remainder of the podcast. I will for sure listen. <laughs> <laughs> Jude's spreading out, bro. Okay. Oh yeah. It's getting cold. <laughs> Always been this chilly in here. (laughs) (laughs) Your security blanket's gone. (laughs) Okay, I like that. That's good. I think I would go back and throw St. Paul on mine right now, too, because I want to just dive all up in that. I need to learn all the things. Yeah. I feel very tugged. 
or uh, he found me, I should say. I love when saints do that. St. Paul, yeah. St. Paul's song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about yours, Christy? So uh, this is where I feel like a really bad Catholic. Um, You're not. Because I don't read a lot of books. I try really hard. And I also struggle with identifying with saints. But So I'm just going to go with my gut and say um, the first one that the first saint that I've identified with is St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm -hmm. Because I love how practical he is. The discernments of spirits has been like the epitome of my spiritual life because I see, oh, okay, I feel that. I know that. I can, Mm -hmm. how do I, you know. Embrace this season that I'm in of consolation or desolation. So he's probably uh, my first saint. Um, after that, I don't know if this counts because she's not technically Catholic, I guess, but Esther in the Old Testament. Totally counts. Oh, she's yeah. a force to be reckoned with. I love how she Queen used Esther. her beauty and her influence mm. um, with the king. And so she's a huge inspiration um, of that bold faith. For sure. Um, St. Paul. No, St. Peter, for sure. I relate to him so much because I always get in Jesus' way. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it counts either, but like the Holy Spirit. They count. It counts. Okay, Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh, you're putting way too much thought into this. Um, (laughs) Are you surprised? No, not even a little bit. And then I'm going to have an honorable mention, not because... I'm necessarily hugely impacted by her, but because my grandmother's name was Therese, and I've felt a connection to St. Therese through my grandmother, mm. that I have this desire to want to learn more about her. Um, so I, I can't say that I've been influenced by her so much yet, but because so many people have her, she's kind of that saint that I want to learn more you. about. Yeah. yeah, She's on all kinds of Rushmore's. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hard to, her simplicity, to wrap your mind around it. Because I'm not isn't simple. It, isn't it funny that, yeah. like, the more simple something is, the more difficult it is right? to understand? Because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, I should probably lean into her, and you should lean into St. Catherine, because that is, like, as Father Broussard would put it, an annoyingly holy saint, that woman. St. Catherine? Yeah. Have you read that book? Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. yeah. She's, yeah, she's pretty awesome. She's that's a whole other level of holiness. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I remember, you want to hear a crazy story about yeah. her? So it's kind of it's going to gross you out. So Plus, yeah, you know, it's about, in the book. Yeah, it's why I read the book. Father <laughs> Chris Hart was talking about it on the podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, she drank somebody's puss," and I'm like, "Yeah, I this it's book. true." Yeah, it's <laughs> I know. Like we shouldn't say that out loud. It's 350 pages. This is how this is how bad I needed to know the pus story. 350 pages, which to me is way too large of a book, if I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. And I had to get to that part of the book because I needed to know why. And it's all this is 200 pages of holiness, just absolute ridiculous holiness leading up to the pus story. And I finally got there and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. And then I couldn't put the book down after that because who could do that yeah you want to tell them the story yeah. story yeah so so she was it was during the time of the plague right yeah. and um and so she was tending to victims with the plague and what you do I'm, I'm <laughs> like i'm like really on edge right now <laughs> <clears throat> please make this make sense and uh <laughs> 
what you drinking right there? Like, let me use that as an image. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, so so they one of the things that they would have these big pustules and, and they would drain that into like this this bucket or whatever. And so, um, of course, the stench was like awful. And so she was doing that, and when she was draining the um, the 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 pus into the this bucket she starts gagging you know because it was so disgusting and she felt so bad for the person that she had that she just gagged in front of for this person that she drank the pus bucket and <laughs> yeah, that'll show her <laughs> it made that person feel worse <laughs> no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Then, but then that's not the end. There's more. Yeah, no, well, no, but it gets better because then that. (laughs) I hope so. That then she, you know, I forgot where she went after that, but um, (laughs) when she was in prayer, our Lord appeared to her and said, "Since you, you know, since you did that, since you made that great sacrifice, he pressed her head to his side and let her drink from his his side." Wow. Yeah. Even wow. more to the stories, like this lady that she was taking care of was being so ugly to her mm-hmm. and mocking her for her holiness, and and she went on to describe the how awful the smell was. Yes, but when she put her lips on the pus, she said she had never tasted something so sweet because Jesus saved her from the ick of it all. Wow, wow! And for somebody that was like being nasty and mocking her and yeah and she felt so sorry for this person and even in the midst of all that like how how can any of us sit here and say that we would be that holy in that situation no, it's I would true. not. who's somebody you're going in and caring for and they're just being nasty to you every time you walk into the room mm-hmm. that you feel so called to do something as crazy as drink pus and yeah. said it tasted like the sweetest thing she'd ever put on her lips because jesus did that for her i was like well, and then, and then you know, just like it reminds me of what Therese, this is actually a Therese quote, but she said, she said, holiness is, is not being scandalized by the sinfulness of others. Oh, mm-hmm. I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. Because it just, it, because, you know, uh, and you see that with like Catherine of Siena, mm-hmm. like you still, you, this, we're, we're in this together, you know what I'm yeah. saying? We're all sinners, you know, and, and that, that to... <laughs> have someone being ugly like that to you mm-hmm. to feel sorry for them yeah. to know that that's really they're hurting you know yeah. and that's uh, not about you it's about them right. right in fact actually abraham lincoln this is a story but like he bumped into somebody and back in the day you know nobody knew who the president was because you know he didn't you didn't have like tv and stuff so he bumped in and he knocked accidentally knocked the uh abraham lincoln knocked this guy over and oh. he says get out of my way you uh, lousy, lanky, lout, or something like that, and That's uh, back in the day. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you lant liquor, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jude yeah. might be my favorite person we've had in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he said, uh, and he says, he said, uh, "What's troubling you, son? What's troubling Ooh. you on the inside? You know." Yeah. But it's just a great. Image of just, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to be 
that holy in those situations without a doubt mm. uh, we all struggle with that i hope it's not just me and i, I just i just feel like a story like that it's insane mm-hmm. like it doesn't it literally doesn't make any sense why somebody would drink pus Okay. But it's, you know, but it's it's the same story with yeah. anything that we do that is sacrificial. Mm-hmm. If you don't see it through the lens of faith, if you don't see it through the lens of what sacrifice actually does for our souls and the fact that sacrifice isn't about us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just listen, listening to uh, a talk by Father Mike Schmitz and, and he was saying like the idea of somebody saying I didn't get anything out of mass. Mm. Well, it was never about you. Right. Right. Sacrifice isn't about you. And it's the same thing in our baptismal priesthood. Mm. I don't get anything. Out. Sometimes I don't get anything out of, like, my relationships at work. I don't get anything out of, you know, just, like, like sacrificing my way through, like, a converse, a long conversation with my mom or something. Mm. <laughs> well, that sacrifice isn't, a, isn't about me, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe, Preach, dude. Yeah, it's, it's just, like... So relatable. But, yeah. but it's, it's this... It's this same idea of doing things that to the world wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the one thing that made me realize this was this uh, the seminarian. He had just joined the seminary that I was visiting at the time, like a couple of weeks before, and they were having like a big Christmas bash. And uh, and while all the brothers are like feasting and having like the Christmas thing, he's in the kitchen. He's washing dishes. You know, he's working. He's working and he's serving. And and he says he says this thing to one of the other guys who shared it with me. He said, "I know that if I don't do this, somebody else is going to have to." Wow. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like we're having a good time. Come enjoy yourself. But he had a deeper conviction in that moment. Mm-hmm. Something outside of fun and mm-hmm. feast and these mm-hmm. things and. Uh, Ooh, I don't I needed know. to hear that today too. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I, you know, it's funny because I had the same response to like hearing that that story. It's the like pus story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still he disgusting. Even he doesn't even it's... like the word. I don't think. Pus. <laughs> I don't either. He's like he just <laughs> like his, his cheeks. Everything just starts scratching on his face. He's like, ooh, the story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry we had to do that to you, but I'm not sorry. It's a great story. And I definitely don't want to say I forgive anybody in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kidding. not about us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. That's oh, true. Those, the saints, you know. There, I think uh, Saint Margaret Mary. Uh, you know, Jesus. Jesus told her. Um, he he actually said, "Look, you're crazy," because <laughs> uh, because she was so in love with Jesus, she would do such ridiculous stuff, just like out of what? love for him. Like she like licked the floor, and he's like, "Why'd you do that?" She says, "I just love you so much." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, girl, you nuts!" <laughs> girl, I love you. Yeah, I made you like this. Dang, girl, you, you're being kind of clingy right now. <laughs> She's like, That's stop. Exactly <laughs> <laughs> Too much water. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Father John Joseph said it, not me. <laughs> That's funny. Did you, I didn't say you that. You said that. Right now. <laughs> Do you 
know that he goes around talking about you and his uh, reflections? <laughs> He's never told me. So he came and did a joy and light thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he told us the story about some of the, your story. So I'm kind of interested to know a little bit more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you first feel a tug towards holiness and relationship with Jesus? <clears throat> um, kind of, it all started kind of freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, where I just kind of really briefly just... I, I had a lot of these things that that the world said um, would make me happy. Um, I'm, I'm the youngest of a big family, okay. so I have ten older brothers, one older sister. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Whoa. I'm going to emphasize big. Um, big family. Um, it's like Joseph. That's <laughs> right. The Old Testament Joseph. Oh, the yeah. The Old Testament yeah. Joseph. Um, so just like getting in my older brothers to like, you know, kind of the more like party side of things and... And I was playing varsity sports at a young, um, and as a freshman, and um, just like I, I walked around with a head the size five times of mine, you know, and uh, and at a certain point, a priest invited me to go on this this weekend retreat in, in Indiana, and uh, and it was this apostolic school where young men who feel like they have a calling to the priesthood go to kind of like live in community and pray and discern that. And, uh, and so I went to this thing solely because I had never seen snow before in my life and I wanted to see snow. It was for Mardi Gras. So actually like X amount of year ago is coming up. I don't know, probably like eight, nine, ten years wow. ago. Who knows? Um, but that was kind of the first time where I had this experience of these, these kids – some of them younger than me, some of them my age, have none of the things that I have and that I depend on for happiness, whether it be football or a girlfriend or just like my friends or parties or whatever it is that I'm convincing myself is making me happy. They have none of these things and yet they have that one thing that I'm longing for, mm. security in who they really are and just like joy in their life. And and I kind of realized like there's something here, you know, there's something to this... Uh, this this idea of living out your faith radically and so I just went home and I started trying to practice that and that's kind of where it that's kind of where it started wow yeah that's good stuff yeah praise God yeah it was it was it was an amazing realization for me and you know it was it's been a long journey coming Mm. from that you know as it applies to family and as it applies to friendships that were um Maybe not ruined, but definitely changed. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of a lot of there was a lot of fear in those moments and a lot of like fear of rejection and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But but I can relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. I mm-hmm. think that's one reason why people don't pursue that call to holiness is because they don't want their life to change. Mm-hmm. They want it to change because we all want that thing that you you described. But we also don't want to lose friends and we don't want to feel like we're strange or weird or to draw attention to ourselves. Yeah. But for the wrong reasons, you know. When we think that yes to holiness is a no to everything else and that's just. Right. Yeah. Or we'll take away who we are. I remember thinking like I'm going to turn into this black and white person instead of the colored person that I want to be. And, you know, life's not going to be fun anymore. But I think that was also influenced by growing up maybe when the faith wasn't as colorful. Mm. as I would have like hoped and liked. Mm -hmm. So the sacrifice to me wasn't worth it. But then the more 
like Kayla says, the more holy people that come into your life and you realize like you're more of who you are because you follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then started to see that in myself, that I have permission and freedom to be authentically who I was. Um, That's like, whoa, this is like really awesome. And you want it for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what we thought made us happy, like... Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. Oh, it wasn't even happy. Yeah, Yeah. it was like distraction, and mm, um, it was it was make believe. You know, Mm -hmm. this is like the truth and the joy and the peace is the real deal. Yeah, and how beautiful that moment when when all of us in our lives took that step, Mm. and I feel like from an from like trying to evangelize or trying to have a conversation with friends, it's like the hardest part. It's like they're right there. Like they know they're longing for something deeper. They know. And you're like, Come just take me. the step, yeah. you know? Yeah. Follow me. Like yeah. when uh, I was a missionary for two years in Atlanta. And, and through that, I was working with high school kids. And it's like, I can sit here and I can tell you about my experience of Jesus all day. And I can sit here and tell you what he's done in my life. That will never make you make a step. Mm-mm. Once it becomes your decision, like mm. I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to have this little bit of faith to like take this step and and trust in him. That's where it's going to become real for you. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. You know, it's not about any of the any of these people who are, can talk to you until we're passing out or whatever. What's mm-hmm. the expression blue in the face? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Talk to you blue in the face. Purple in the face, yeah. blue in the face. Um, it's a so. humble human over there, huh? <laughs> I'm looking at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Don't stop that. No, it's true. I'm like, I'm going to sit on that couch when he leaves just so I can get a little bit of that. (laughs) No, seriously. That's beautiful. You've said it's not about me a hundred times. At least in my head, it's been a hundred times. That is just like burning a hole in me right now. Mm. We all need to say that. Yeah, we all need to be feeling like that. Ooh, okay, Jude. Okay, Jude. Beautiful. I love Mm -hmm. it. Look at you getting you a nice little brother-in-law. Huh? <laughs> I know. Huh? Well, well, I mean, he he is a big part of the big part of the story too, and just just in just in my life in the last year, just really pushing me to to continue to grow and to be a holier man. And maybe it's because I'm going to marry his sister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ulterior motives. <laughs> just, just a smidge. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I mean, it, it was. I mean, I think Jude and I we became friends pretty quickly mm-hmm. well I, see when he served on the uh fet boat on the eucharist boat and uh you know i mean i he just you know immediately he was just very very helpful so if you've ever done the fet on that side of the fence so mm-hmm. you know the fets where we mm-hmm. do the boat procession yeah but whenever you're on the serving side you realize it's pretty intense and uh it's a it's a it's a day of service yeah. you know and uh just remember you know you know by i remember jude's face bright red you know because i mean we all were but I, I saw his face bright red and he was he was like guys father said we got to do this you know whatever so and, and we we're, were getting it and i was just like you know this is a real servant so um and and so uh then that was a, it was after that that he he had asked for some kind of like permission well, no, no. This is before he met Abby. Oh. He, uh, he asked if I would be his like spiritual director. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that kind of led to me discerning with 
uh, the community for a little while. Oh, wow. Just kind of like talking to Father about that. And, and I spent I spent some time in a retreat kind of discerning that. And mm-hmm. So would that, you say being on that boat was a, a game changer for you in a way? Or were you already th- really feeling it? I think so. That was my first. That was my first interaction with the community of Jesus crucified, and I think one thing I told him after the fet, kind of when I asked him to meet with him, um, was where you see true faith, you see holiness, you know, mm-hmm. and how much we're lacking that, mm-hmm. and so so many aspects of our of our church at times, and uh, and I said, of all the of all the things being spread. And the Catholic news, why is this not on there? Yeah. We just spent nine, ten hours doing a Eucharistic procession down a bayou. And why is this not global Catholic news? Mm-hmm. It's because anybody who has a platform like that wants clicks and wants, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, yeah. don't want to get into my, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel my, you. my crazy side. I'll but, give you an amen to that for sure. You know, yeah. but it's like, why is, why is this gem not, not being heavily promoted? You know? And I just remember that just really rocking me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so that was, that was my first introduction. Mm-hmm. And then knowing what the community stands for and just like what they've done in the community that they're in. Um, yeah. But. So when you met a sister for the first time, did you kind of giggle a little bit of like, okay, God, this is funny. Um, It took me a little while to put together what was going on because, <laughs> because I was telling someone that I was going to take his class and I was like, yeah, Father John Joseph. And I didn't know who she was mm. and she was behind me and she turned around and said, that's my brother. And I was like, oh, uh, Okay. You're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, um, I'm Jude. And then it's like. <laughs> fixing my locks. Um, so that's where we met initially. And then she started coming to a Bible study that was at um, the house I was living at. And that's where we really got to know each mm-hmm. other. And then we would start studying, which. Um, wasn't they, much studying at yeah, all. Yeah, they never really turned in any anything worthwhile. So oh, yeah. They were studying for my class. <laughs> you saw what so, was happening. Yeah. Very uh, well, and then meanwhile, I'm on the back end of both. You know, I, I've obviously got Abby, who, you know, she we've always been close. So, you know, she shares with me what's going on. Uh, you know, and then obviously I'm his spiritual director. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting the backstory from both of them. So, so yeah, it was pretty easy to see what was going on. <laughs> But but I I, I I didn't just like let him, you know. I made you. Yeah. Oh. Which which was which is amazing. I think it's I was amazing. About to say who? I mean, that's the amazing bridge story right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, having a holy person helping you to kind of figure out on both sides, like, yeah. are you doing this for the right reasons? Where's your head? You know. Did you have to pray a lot during that yes. time? Because it was pretty how agonizing. difficult. <laughs> yeah, that is really very was. difficult. Yeah. And um, because. You know, like I, I like what um, what what Father Champagne has often said about holy indifference when you just want God's will. He says it's not it's not when you don't care; it's when you care so much that you just want God's will in the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I felt that most that was the most heightened experience of that because it was like I I cared so much about what would happen 
that I just wanted God's will, mm. you know, and um, and it it was you know, I, and I kind of it, you know, Saint Joseph was kind of behind the whole thing, I think, you know, just with the I think it was the year of Saint Joseph, right? Yeah, I got so, initiated the first day of my retreat. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and um, you know, Joseph was this man who who loved the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. wanted what was best for her, and was willing to give her up mm-hmm. if that wasn't God's will, you know? And uh, and that was, like, one of the readings that I gave him for his retreat, you know? Um, wow. So, so, but we, but I, I just wanted so much what God wanted because, and, it, and especially if you know Abby's story too, you know, I, we had already walked with her through some significant heartbreak. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing I wanted to do. But that was also a big deal for me because I didn't want Jude to go to think back and, you know, a year or two years later and say, I think I need to discern. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You were in a tough spot. But God guided both of us. And um, when y'all get married? August 6th, Transfiguration. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. We're super excited. Mm-hmm. So we've been uh, we've been planning it out, and it's been really good. You know, difficult at times to uh, sure. coordinate that many things at once. It's a lot of silly decisions to make. At least, yeah. at least, <laughs> I um, I say it's difficult that we just to work. I just, yeah. I just hear what she says. You have to listen though. That's difficult. Like, yeah. I have to really pretend like I can. Yeah, and that's tough for me. Yeah, but uh, it's but like drinking pus, bro. Yes. <laughs> that's great. We need to just. We need yes. to just. Uh, we need, that's that should Maybe be a that's shirt. That's the title. That should be another shirt. <laughs> okay. It's like drinking prep. It's just right? like Saint Catherine's. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Paraphrase, but yes. you know, pretty close. Uh, I'm gonna say, let's try to think of a different idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm not really sure how we're doing on time or if there's a time limit or what's going we on here. We don't do that here. Okay. Um, but we can start to wrap it up. No, no sure. I, I kind of wanted yeah. to I kind of wanted to ask, ask y'all, yeah, Absolutely. just like what inspired y'all to start this podcast? Kind of what were some of the main things that y'all feel like y'all have kind of learned through this journey? Um yeah, just and what do you offer on the altar of your hearts yeah. as well as oh. your baptism and priesthood? I think that this was kind of like a reverse engineered process um, for me. It was not probably as intentional as y'all's podcast was um, because we were trying to figure ourselves out when we started this podcast. Oh, and sure. Kayla and I started in a Bible study group and definitely felt different calls, yeah. but we're that still in that, I think, fearful phase of what does this mean? What's happening? And so it really just started out as more of a, let's be good people, personal growth. How do we inspire the world? Like the intention was good, but we were definitely fearful when we started. Sure. And so um, I think God just knew what he was doing. He was mm-hmm. helping us to know what our gifts were. Mm-hmm. And we both knew that we really loved to be authentic and just mm-hmm. talk about things that we didn't really um, like to have filters, even though I was nervous about that on the air. 
So I think he just kept nudging us and guiding us. So it was sure. more of a slow burn than a, oh, yeah. we know what we're doing and let's go do it kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which has ministered to us so much because now we look back and we're like, whoa, he had a plan. Wow. Leaving the outcome to him, he totally has made this what he wants it to be, which is we could have never come up with this ourselves. Mm-hmm. Only God can write that story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fought like crazy at first, like I would say the first 10 episodes. I was like, we're not making this all about God. I want people to not be scared to listen. You know, like, I don't want them to feel like this is too much. I just never wanted to shove anything down anybody's throat. Um, And I think selfishly because I wasn't there yet either. Um, Mm. But I just didn't want it to be pigeonholed into one thing. Um, And Christy was very gracious with me with that. Um, And then God was like, get out of my way, woman. Let Mm -hmm. me do what I do. And so it got a little holier. And then it got a little holier. And I'm like, okay, fine, but we're not making it super Catholic. And then it got a little more Catholic. It got a little more Catholic. (laughs) And enter a priest. And then enter another priest. And all the priests. And God's like, get out of my way, woman. Like, let me do what I do. And as soon as we did that, like, and really surrendered it all, dude just showed off like crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's become this really beautiful, sacred space where we get to hear all kinds of wonderful holy stories and watch him work his magic and um it's just been two years of like just absolute grace Mm. just i mean i can't even i had my first confession in this room after 20 years wow wow yeah that's powerful it's crazy what's happened has been like just divine like mm. like I said only God could write that story yeah yeah oh, and I think awesome. because we've allowed it to be personal mm-hmm. whether it's us or the people on the other side of the microphone yeah God has used that to show us our own transformations because we listen back and also each other's transformations mm. so like to see it happen in her after her confession and to see it happening while she was asking all the questions about confession it's like you can't do, like, we cannot do that ourselves. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, whoa, this is this is really cool. I want more of that kind of thing. So I think mm. as long as we, we've always said yes and been open to it, even as fearful as we were, because I think we look at each other and we give each other the confidence when the other's lacking of like, mm. no, we're going to do this, you know? Mm. And the Holy Spirit's going to tell us what to ask and what to say, and he's never let us down. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, like, we had a priest, um, come in like 10 days after my dad died was Father Dubrock was like the first, he was the second priest that had been on the podcast, but the first of like the series of priests. And, um, I was in this like crazy, it was, it was 2020. So we're in the plague. Right. Yeah. So I was already in, I was in like this grief tequila fog while he was here and, I remember thinking, all right, fine, if we're going to do this, I need to understand this. And by this, I mean, like, Catholicism. So I just wanted to start asking all the questions that I needed to know. And they were probably pretty silly questions. They weren't silly to me. But I'm so glad I asked them because so many people now have like, man, I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah. And I would ask so many questions about confession because I was so scared. Because in high school, I had a really crappy experience with mm. confession. Mm. And so I never went back. Because, like, the PTSD is really gasping. Like, he could probably feel my heart beating in that ambulance. Um, but I, I can neither ask. affirm nor deny. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I've already been pretty open about our confession. Um, but so I would just ask all these questions, and I just needed to know. And I think 
um, there was one priest here one day, and I don't know that he had listened to the podcast at all, but at the end of the episode, when we were done recording, Christy had walked out, and he said, does that door lock? And I said, yes, sir. He's like, you want to do confession real quick? And I was like, okay. And it was, that was just the start of all the grace. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I think because he could just tell, because I would ask all the questions. I had never been to adoration before. That was my first penance. And now adoration's like where it's at for me. I love it. 100%. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Hmm. And so it was just all these little, you know, that's, God nods. Somebody um, said that the other day. That's that so beautiful. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, like, you know, for us as priests, you know, we get these, you know, I mean, nine years of formation, what it was. And so, you know, as much as you don't want to forget, you forget what normal people think and talk about mm -hmm. and, and where their actual questions are. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so often we we have a tendency to answer questions that people aren't asking, you know, and, and then the really ones that, that people are asking, you know, we're not, it's not aware, you know, so that's, but it's beautiful. Like you see why God called you mm. to this, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you're real people with real questions, um, and, and really finding God, you know, in the midst of that. And that's, I mean, that's been, that's Jude and Reed have been like incredible with that too, because like, you know, they they give me like they're like, wait, okay, you, you just ranted for a long time, and we 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 didn't even know where you're starting. You know, <laughs> like, like, dude, you have too much knowledge. Relax, relax. Yeah. Um, but but uh, it, it's you know, I think it's just such a and and I like to say that like you know we like that, that's what I was saying as the, the priests have that ministerial role. We bring it out. We're supposed to cultivate it. But really, the reality, where the real stuff is happening, where the rubber meets the road, is in the laity. Mm. You know, this is where this is where real life is happening and real holiness is happening. You know, the real sparks, the frictions, yeah. that mm -hmm. everything that's happening on the ground, where where lives are being transformed. And so, I mean, that that's a beautiful witness. Y'all are a beautiful witness to lay holiness. You know? Same as these two. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Well, thank yeah. you. I mean, I think it's, I think it's so interesting. Every time we have a moment like that, where we ask him what feels like is going to be like a pretty simple question, and like he will give us an answer, and then we'll just move on. And he goes into like so much depth and so much goes through so many different stories to explain this one thing. And I think the reflection I have so often and when we have somebody on and they give kind of their testimony or what their profession is, it's like I I believe in what the Catholic Church teaches and I would unto death. And sometimes I feel like I know so little about it. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing mm -hmm. that that he's saying the lady is where the rubber meets the road and we're the ones <laughs> who know so little. I know. <laughs> You know what? At times, you it know? would be weird if it was if it wasn't that way, because it has to stay simple for it to be as universal as it's supposed to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and if we knew all the things, there would be no mystery, and that's what it's all about. It's the mysteries, yeah. right? Exactly. Like it has to stay that way. And that's what it that you nailed it. That's the essence of it. Is that you know the encounter with the mysterious? I mean, that's what the laity do. You know. You know, how do we know that the cross gives life? Well, because we've experienced it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can explain how this happened in salvation history. 
but it's not until you experience mm-hmm. real suffering and real joy in the midst of that or real transformation in the midst of suffering that you say, I know, I get it. I get how suffering and life go together mm-hmm. yeah. and how the cross brings everlasting life. You know, like that, because I remember that in experience for me, you know, in high school and, and those kinds of things like, like where I met the cross, I met profound suffering and yet I was being transformed and it was a beautiful experience. And then I was like, I get it. I, I know this is truth, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's what I yeah. think I mean by the, the laity because you're in it, you're in it in the grind of it where you're encountering these mysteries which seem paradoxical and yet are true Mm. yeah and that's where you're just like okay i gotta just bow down to this amen yeah Yeah. amen Amen. and i think that's also what how god used um because kayla and i have both met the cross several times in our friendship together that we've been able to walk through it with each other Mm -hmm. but there's something about coming out on the other side being more enlightened but also intrigued by the mystery of how that just happened and you're like still standing and you want other people to not feel alone yeah Mm -hmm. that was a huge motivation for us getting on the microphones was that if we could say one thing that gave somebody hope Mm -hmm. we wanted to we wanted to be the hope in somebody's minute or day and we trusted that the holy spirit was going to give them that word at that time yeah. to where we can help be a light in that darkness for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. Leave people better than you found them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. was awesome. Yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> I had so much fun. We're going to have to do this all the time. Y'all want to just, just do the podcast together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all know where to find us. Um, yeah, this was so good. Yeah, what's your, um, do you have a go-to Bible verse that you tend to lean on? Even if it's just now, like something you read this morning. Um, probably my go my go to and what I uh why I brought up the Good Shepherd is um just the idea that the Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Mm-hmm. Um and uh it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're right. Shepherd laying down his life for his sheep. If we saw that some guy and Scott died for his pet alligator we would think he's an idiot yeah what a cuyon <laughs> doesn't make any sense i know somebody like that no, i'm just kidding <laughs> you know and yeah. the idea that a guy would die for an alligator is insane it's my alarm to pray for my godson oh, oh, beautiful. the idea that a guy would die for his alligator is insane and it's even more insane that god died for us and we should live a life worthy of that Amen. So I try to remind myself of that mm, often. Mm. What about nice. you, Padre? Well, the one that came to my mind was uh, is the one that's on my uh, card when I was ordained a priest, and uh, it's a little it's a it's a Hebrew couplet and uh, the from the Book of Job, where he says he's so it was kind of cool because Sister Jean d'Arc drew this picture for me for my for my ordination card. And it's Mary from the Passion of Christ, from Mel Gibson's Passion, mm. holding Jesus uh, dead in her arms. Ooh. And uh, and I said, I wanted Mary to be like a big wave, blue, like come and wash Jesus. And Jesus to be like red, like like just like the fires of his passion, just like that, that coming into contact together. 
And I mean, she just nailed it. And anyway, I'm gonna see one of those. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. And it's she said um, it. So she gave it to me on my birthday. And so uh, it, anyway, it was just perfect because um, the so the Bible verses. Uh, naked I came forth from my mother's womb and naked I will return the Lord has given the Lord has taken blessed be the name of the Lord mm-hmm. and it was just it was like that's what I want my priesthood my life to be mm-hmm. you know and on your birthday and on my birthday How when I came from my mother's womb that's and awesome. then and it was Mary holding mm-hmm. Jesus naked you know like coming back yeah. almost like taking him back and giving him to the father yeah you know so i was like that's what i want my priesthood to be like i came into this world with nothing i want to leave this world with having given god everything blessed be the name of the lord so amen Poof, poof. that's a great way to end that <laughs> mic drop mic drop indeed okay thanks fellas this thank was beautiful. y'all thank beautiful y'all so to be much. with y'all this is great Y'all have a good one, and don't forget to share this episode yes. among the Cajun Kingdom of Priests. Hashtag Cajun Catholic co- Collaboration. <laughs> so close. Words are hard. I've used them all today. <laughs> Bye. All right. Okay, so I think that pretty much brings us into our topic of talking about Elevare Business and Leadership Coaching. Monica is the best. Huh? She's like the most beautiful sacred space. Yes. Yes. tell me more okay i will so if you are looking for leadership development some clarity in your business if you're looking to learn how to be a better servant leader you need to go to monica at elevari international she does one-on-one coaching she will help you stay on track with your strategic plan she is going to bring so much light and clarity to your soul, to your mind that you can bring back to your business. This is just everything that you probably are looking for if you are a business owner. And you know what my favorite thing about what she does that makes it unique is that she doesn't just tell you what to do, but she actually walks you through it. So there's lots of on-time and on-site feedback um, that she gives, so that way you can make sure you're headed in the right direction. Oh, yeah, she's sneaky. Like She makes you get to where you need to be yourself. But she just guides you there. Yes. Yes, she's super sneaky. She helps so you good. to find that confidence inside of you as a leader. And who doesn't want that? We all want that. Yeah. That's like the, the thing most humans are missing in, in their minds and their souls is a little bit of confidence. Yeah. And she does. She does a beautiful job of just filling up that little confidence cup. So where can they find her, Kayla? They can find her at elevareinternational.com. It's E-L-E-V-A-R-E-I-N-T-L.com. Y'all go holler at her girl, Monica you will be in the absolute best hands. Amen.